Hello and welcome to Working From Wisdom with me, your host, Tracy Garrity, and today's guest, Nikon Gormley. So a little bit about Nikon. Um, Nikon is a transformational coach. He works with businesses, entrepreneurs and leaders, and he is very much of the belief that we have so much more available to us when we are not in a state of stress or feeling overly pressured. And Nikon does have quite a bit of experience in this because he's a black belt in Taekwondo. He is the founder of Super 7 Taekwondo, which is a program for uh, youths in Thailand. Um, He's also a managing partner with Gormley Glass, which is an artworks company for architectural and interior design. He's also a really cool guy and we had a wonderful conversation and both had a couple of insights in the process. So we talked a little bit about what it's like being guided moment to moment and getting in the flow and the way that we sometimes try to recreate getting in the flow artificially and how that kind of doesn't work. We also looked a bit at labels and what happens when we take labels off things. And my favorite quote from Nikon in the conversation was, the more self-aware we are, the easier it is to feel responsible. And I definitely heard something in that one. So here's our conversation and I hope you enjoy. So Nikon, welcome to Working From Wisdom. Delighted to have you on as a guest. And it's a pleasure to be here. This is my favorite podcast to be on. The best. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I turned down Stephen Colbert for this. You know. Of course you did. I, told him, I know. I told him, no, no, no. You know, I need to talk. Tracy comes first. Yes. Yes. Wisdom comes first. The wisdom told you to do that. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> so I'm going to start with uh, the same question I ask everybody. And that is. What does working from wisdom look like for you? Oh, man. I remember. I remember a friend in college said to me once, he was describing something on a scale. It's like on a scale of one to 10, it's purple. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind with working with the wisdom is on a scale of one to 10 purple to me working with wisdom to me it feels you're out there and you're and you're you're doing your thing and, and you're going and you're creating or you're you're out in the world doing stuff and but it's a feeling to me working with wisdom is a feeling like you're kind of you're in it and it feels like almost being guided moment to moment, mm-hmm. moment to moment. And it's kind of like that perfect harmony between um, you being in the world and, and letting yourself being guided. It's like, you know, it's like um, somebody said, um, I wrote a quote on the internet. It's like, you know, I feel like my life's always between trying to make shit happen and letting shit happen. To me, working with wisdom is that perfect in between those two, if I were to sum it up. Yeah, that's cool. 
And, you know, before you would have kind of um, come into this understanding, are there times when you recognized that you were in that space? Or like, is it, are you more of aware of it now that it's happening? Oh, yeah. I think before coming into this understanding, I would it would be like this mythical place that we would call flow. It's like, oh, I got in the flow. Like, that was so cool. And then habitually, I would try and backtrack, like, okay, what did I eat that morning? What kind of meditation did I do that morning? What kind of visualize, like, what kind of incantation? Like, I would try and recreate it as if it was something outside of me. And I think now the after is I know where to look. I know exactly where to look to find it. And that has really changed everything. And it's kind of like a cosmic joke, you know, because knowing where to look, it's, it's always been there with you mm -hmm. and there's so much less to do. It, it only, you step into it or not step into it. I don't even want to use that word anymore because I realized because it is you and it always is with you, this wisdom, this guidance, it's, it's noticing it. And the moment you notice it, you're in it. Mm. It's like, um, the moment you notice you're breathing, then you're very aware of oxygen. And now I have to manually breathe because <laughs> <laughs> now I've started thinking about it. Right. Does, does that happen to you? Like when you, when you think about breathing, you're like, wait, I have to manually breathe. It's like that. And I think another before after is just relaxing about it. Just relaxing that even at my worst, at Nikon's in most insecure, doubtful, fearful, worse, wisdom is still there. It's still there with me, for me. And just to be able to lean back on that and be like, you know what? Like, I'm, way, I'm trying way too hard at this. I'm trying way too hard to make things happen. I can just lean back. And to know that I can lean forward too. Like when, when I, when, when the wind catches the sails and I'm, and I'm going, I can, I can lean in and like go full steam in it. It's almost like a dance now that I'm talking to you and I'm realizing it's, it is, it's like a dance. Mm. It's the most, it's the dance we do all of our lives. And it's just helpful to, to know how to dance. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's really not what we're taught, is it? I mean, it, it kind of goes against everything that we've been led to believe we need to do in order to, to thrive and be successful, you know, work mm. hard, stay focused on it. You know, that to me seems to often get in the way more than it is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that. I think the premise, what, what the premise that occurs to me is, I think the one I'm guilty of is it's all on you. You know, if it's meant to be, it's like the empowerment model, right? If it's meant to be, it's up to me mm. and the whole world is on my shoulders. And we, and we idolize hero, like hero worship in movies. Like, look how hard he, look how hard he's working. I look all through all the shit he went through before he got there. And I think in real life, if everything's up for grabs, work is just work. We, what's hard work to me might be easy to you. And what's ridiculously hard to you might be another Tuesday for me, right? Mm. And then 
Yeah, I was watching this series, one of my favorite series on Netflix called The Last Dance and Michael Jordan. And there's one episode where I think one of the commentators said like Michael's secret is that he's so present with what he's doing. And to him, being present and working with wisdom is working his butt off because that's what it that's what it's like. That's what that flavor is like for him. And he's pushy, he was arrogant, and he was constantly playing this game with himself, like how, how far could he push himself to be better and do better? But that was just him working with his own wisdom. Everybody around him looked at that and said, oh, you have to work hard like Michael, you have to push hard and pressure and stress. But that world wasn't the world that he was experiencing. He was just being present. We on the outside, we look at that and we call it, we give it labels and names and things like that. And I guess what's on offer in this conversation is to, oh, that's cool. Like what came to me is um, it's a, it's the Taoist insight. It's the unnaming of names. And it points to, you know, who are you and me before we had our names? Who is Tracy before Tracy? Who is Nikon with before Nikon? And it's what is work before hard work? What is effort before cool? Look at that effort. It's, it's just being in the world. There's a gentleness about it. It occurs to me. Mm. Mm. It's taking all the labels off. Yeah. I think our, our, our mutual mentor, Michael, would call it going upstream. Mm. Like really, what is business before business? It's it's i'll give you five chickens if you give me a can of milk right what what is networking before networking it's hi my name's tracy what's your name isn't it cool like this this natural innocence just naturally comes through before labels and i can see how we innocently get caught up in it i was talking to a client and I could see how he was so desperately looking for a bone, like, like, just give me the tool. Like, how do I, what's the right behavior and habit to help me get from point A to point B so I can get these results. And what I saw was, I saw the innocence of it. I saw like, yeah, I'm like, me too. I get insecure and I want to get to point B really fast too, because point A looks terrible. But before it looks terrible, it's just point A. And I asked him, I asked him permission for him not to like me for the next three minutes. And he gave me that look and I was, and he said, okay, go for it. And I said, you're really good at the things you don't give a shit about because you don't give a shit about it. And it was like, Scooby-Doo was like, Arr? and I was like, <laughs> and back in my side, I was like, okay, Nikon, you better have something really good to back this shit up. <laughs> and, and I saw the truth in it and because when, and we talked about this before we started recording, when, when we don't have anything on it and we're just showing up the best we can, that wisdom also shows up because there's so much more space for it to show up. Hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Mm. So to me, working with wisdom, is it's more of a noticing. It's more of a seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's... It really is being okay with having 
that blank canvas and not having to have everything mapped out and planned out. And that's something that always used to really get on my nerves was making plans of imagined realities, making hypothetical plans mm. based on, on, on nothing. I, I, I just could never, it never made sense to me, but that's what the people told me that I was supposed to do, but it just didn't make sense to me because it seemed to me to be focusing my attention on something that I had absolutely no control over and no way of determining if, if that was going to be the outcome. What makes an awful lot more sense to me is to be okay with a blank canvas and being open to seeing and mm. being open to opportunities that I might never have thought of. Yeah. There's something cool in what you said, I just saw too. And there, there's a premise, a very sneaky one in there too, is that once we start working with wisdom, we begin to put labels on wisdom. Like we begin to think, okay, wisdom's like this. Wisdom is always blank canvas. Wisdom is always, you know, flying by the seat of your pants. And what occurred to me is like, I wonder if, like, what if you could make plans from wisdom? What if, what if wisdom could inspire your plans? Um, I used to, I did an internship and was in university at a interior design office. And these are most like really creative people. And there's all these laid out plans and, and engineering um, schematics and floor plans. And I was like, man, I thought it was like very, I thought it was gonna be a very creative job, but it wasn't. I didn't like the technical stuff, but looking back, I can see the wisdom in the technical, the, the wisdom that allows houses to be built, that allows cars to be built that 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 had to come from somewhere right like that allows a tesla model car to be built to allow this laptop to be built this microphone to be built that we're talking that we're talking through so i wonder what if like what if plans were were wisdom too if if, it, if we came from that right place right because you can make plans from insecurity and then you can make plans from a clean, clear place, like, okay, I'd kind of like to be there and be aware enough to leave spaces open for the canvas to fill itself along the way. Yeah, isn't that tricky? Kind of like that that whole label thing too. Like yeah. we can turn anything into a label, we can turn anything into a prescription. Like, okay, wisdom looks like this. And I think that's the that's the trick. Yeah, it's that sneaky mind of ours again, trying to make concepts out of everything, you know. <laughs> I was I was talking to a coach and um, and she was telling me how she felt she was enlightened and she was enjoying it. And I was like, cool. In the back of my mind, I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> every time I, I say out loud, I'm enlightened. You know, the universe opens the door and like like a flight of stairs ready for me to fall, like fall down the flight of stairs. Right. And that's been a very mindful, like, it's like, just shut up. Con, like, you know, <laughs> that's it. Whenever, whenever we put a label on it, there's always more to see. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I think there would have been a time when my ego would Mm. have been attached to my enlightenments. So I would have been sort of like, yeah, but no, I am truly enlightened. Whereas now um, I, I see them as just a seeing and, and know that there's, there's probably still something in it. And there's probably still a lot of personal thinking with even with what I'm seeing. And that in another few months, I might see it completely different. And in another year, I might see it completely different. And I have a a wonderful ease with that. Actually, I have more than that. I have a wonderful excitement in in that now because there's always just a lovely feeling that comes with seeing something new and seeing something fresh. So it's like, God, I get to keep having this feeling all the time. It's so cool. Yeah, I got to give you credit for that. You know, like out of all the people in the community, I think you're one of the few people that, to me, like you have this genuine excitement about you and this genuine kind of childlike curiosity about what you're doing, but you're cool about it. Like I'd I'd still have a drink with you. You I'd be like, yeah, I'd have a drink with Tracy. Like she she seems like cool. Like we could talk shit at the bar. Whereas like, I think when other people like they they like they overdo it, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't. But that's really cool. And I think that kind of overflows out of you and it creates this really cool presence that's just really enjoyable to be around. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am cool. I know I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> and no. I get I get you. I don't the, take the, myself yeah. too seriously. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, and what a gift that is, right? Yeah. And about the ego thing too, like I think one of the most in, insightful things I've had about this journey so far is just how, like, I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? People are like, oh, you've been in this so long and you like, like studied all this thing. I'm like, I don't know shit. But there's, but there's, there, there's something about that and the willing to not know and the willing to not, like before Nikon puts all these labels on this, like, let me just sit back and, and not know. And I've had, and it's been such a trip. I've had like business changing lunches where I went to a lunch and I met somebody who invited me to do this other thing. And now I'm doing this thing. Um, you asked me about my university story, right? Where I was, yeah, uh, so this, I was, this was, I was before, we, before we came on, before I started recording. Yeah. So this is for context. And uh, this is yeah. a story that Nikon shared in a, a group that we're in, which uh, I just really remembered because I thought it was really, really cool. So I'll let yeah. you tell us from here. Yeah. So I remember being in um, year, I think year 10 or year 11. And I wasn't really that interested in school. And my family wasn't interested in me being that great at school. They just wanted me to pass. But I remember that time I was really bumping heads with my father and I was, I didn't have a good home relationship. Like my mom had left when I was young and I was at that age where like, I was just a rebellious teenage asshole. Like, you know, like, never Nikon. Never. I just couldn't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't really doing that well in school. I was just going, I was more going to school just to hang out with my friends, but I enjoyed learning. And then my aunt said to me one day, and she, she's a, she was my first mentor and teacher, and she'd moved back to America. And, and she said to me, 
you know, if you do well in school, you can come live with me in America and you go to school here. And I was like, what? You don't say. Literally the next week I got all A's. Like, right. like, like all, and the teachers were like, what's going on? I'm like, well, I have, I have a purpose for being here now. Like I need to get out of this city. <laughs> so I need to, <laughs> I will do whatever it takes and nobody need to, you could call it motivation, but to me, it would just, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. So I graduate high school by the, I don't know what the right word is in English. It's what's that word? Like by the skin of your teeth, maybe Yes. like yeah. just yeah. barely because it was ridiculously hard. And then and all the stress about it, like, oh my God, my GPA and stuff. So I go to America and my aunt, it's in Washington, DC. And, and we were like, okay, well, let's go look at schools. I'm like, all right, great. We go to Georgetown University, George Washington. And, and these are all like top tier schools in the US. And I have no idea like what any of these places are. Like I'm fresh off the plane. And I remember walking around Georgetown University and these were all like the presidents go to school and stuff. And I remember they had like, like they had a graveyard with all their dead people, their famous dead people. And this Asian side of me was like, that has to be bad luck. Like, why would you go to school with a graveyard? So like, <laughs> like I'm not going to school. <laughs> Went to George Washington University. It was like a city campus. I was like, well, this doesn't look anything like the movie. So no, we can't go here. Go to American University. And this beautiful campus. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, well, we'll go here because they had a pretty campus. That was logic. We walked, me and my aunt walked right into the registrar's office and literally, it was like a movie. It was like leaning over the table, like, excuse me, um, I'd like to go to school here. Where do I sign up? And they were like, oh, oh, well, okay, well, you know, fill out this form and we'll have an interview and we'll talk. And I talked to the nice lady. I gave her my transcripts and she told me to go do an SAT exam. She told me I just had to pass. And I was like, okay, thank you. I'll be back in a few months. And that was it. And I went and did the SAT exam and I went back, I submitted everything and they let me in. And then it was only after I enrolled, I was like, so like, hey, like talking to new friends and like, I was like, oh my, this school is so hard to get into. It's like a top tier school in the US. And I was like, really? I just like, is it really like, like, did you guys not find that office down there? And it's like, no, I get to compete and stuff. And I was like, what? So I found out later it was a really hard school to get into. But I had just kind of Mr. Magooed my way into this school. <laughs> but, but, and then I guess the metaphor is like, like that's possible because nobody told me it was hard. Nobody told me that it had to be this way or that way. And the trap is if I try and apply that to everything else I'm doing, I learned it doesn't work as well when I'm, when I'm consciously, okay, how do I Mr. Magoo my business? You know, it's, it's not the same thing. And I, I was wondering like, why is it the same thing? Like it's because I still have premises about what business is or what it isn't. I still have premises about what relationships are and what isn't right. Whereas the university thing, I, I like, no, really, I didn't, I really didn't know. Yeah. 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 That is so cool, uh, you know, and, and that, that story kind of really stayed with me and, and it resonated because it seems to me that there is a lot of things we have to kind of see mm-hmm. through and, and strip away 
to have that kind of freedom of flow in those other areas of our life. Like we have to be, and maybe that's a concept in itself, but there has to be a willingness of recognizing that we've got a lot on it, recognizing mm. that we have a lot of stories made up about how something is supposed to look. And I kind of like to kind of see them as mirages now. Like they do look very real and they seem very real, but I kind of know it's a mirage as well. Um, and if I'm, if I'm, if I stay knowing that, it allows me to have fresh thinking and it allows me to show up from kind of a different place as well, you know, um, a more innocent place. Like, you, you know, like your innocence walking mm. into the office. Yeah. That, did you not find that office dead at the back? Yeah. Is that not where everybody goes? What way? What door that, are you going in? You got to talk to that other lady. Like she, she'll hook you up. Tell her I sent you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like there is a beauty in that, that innocence. And I know I've always kind of, you know, if, if I've been dealing with issues that other people would find, oh God, I have to get this form to fill in. And it's, it's so hard to like, really, I got it done in a day or two, but I think it's because I, I show up from a place of without the thinking, without thinking, I'm going to have to have a fight with somebody to get something and just being nice and pleasant and 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 having nothing on it and it just kind of flows with greater ease so there's definitely there's a wisdom in that story anyway yeah let's see what else yeah thinking about working with wisdom i wonder where i don't work with wisdom <laughs> i wonder <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what, like, I think, because I work a lot with businesses. I think business is one, one of the areas, like, you know, you know, what's, you know, what's really tricky is that when you're trying to work with wisdom, you're not working with wisdom. Mm. Like, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> like, I'm trying all the right things. I'm like, well, I'm like, no, nah, that's not it. I think it's, I think it's kind of that double, double-edged sword. It's like the more self-aware we are the easier it is to feel responsible for things like my, my Nikon's number one trap is made up timelines. That is my forever weakness <laughs> of by this age, I should get this by da, 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 da. I always wondered why I did it. I mean, why, why that still looks real to me. And I guess in a lot of ways it still does i guess it still looks like useful information even though i can see that i'm making it up i guess there's a part of it that that's still useful and i always wondered what that was about like how could i see it see that it's made up of thinking and still believe it like what do you reckon I don't, you know, is it an age thing? Because certainly when I was your age and mm. I've got, you know, a decade, a decade or so two. Context, on you I'm now. 34. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a bit on you. Um, you know, we feed into a lot of how it should be. Mm. By now I should be this. By now I should mm -hmm. be 
you know, married, have X amount of kids, have the white picket fence and, mm. you know, a thriving business. Um, and if it doesn't look like that, we think it means something. So I, I do see that age gets in the way of an awful lot of that. And I guess, you know, I would have very been very much in that uh, and having that thinking and, mm. you know, get married, have kids. And and the thing is, you know, I had all of that and then it was all taken away from me, you know, and mm. I became a single parent with two young kids and I lost my house and I lost my job. And you start to go, oh, you know what? I had all of that stuff that people said I should have and yeah. I was miserable. You know, mm. I was not happy. I was not thriving. And, mm. but I have been in a position where I, I can feel like I'm thriving and have none of the things that society would tell me that I'm supposed to have. So what's that all about? Yeah, what is that about? I mean, I, yeah, I wonder if it's just unrecognized habitual thinking about age that I have mm -hmm. running in the background that I'm maybe not conscious of, but but it's there. And but just noticing that the feeling I'm feeling, the pressure and stress, like that's not doesn't mean anything about me or my circumstance. Like Nikon's making shit up. Mm -hmm. And I relate to you. I haven't lost my house or don't have any kids or I haven't been married. But I think what when you were talking, what came to mind is when I won a bronze medal at the Thai National Olympics for Taekwondo and I was representing a new province that had asked me to compete for them. And I remember feeling good for about a day. And I was like, I thought it was going to be at least 24 hours of like or orgasms. Like, like what's like, you know, <laughs> it was, it was a cool. Okay. And it was like a tick the box and then and then like, that was it. And it was kind of disappointing. It was well, like, well, maybe, and then I, I saw my thinking in the moment. I was like, well, to feel better, you should go for a silver medal or a gold one. That, that might have that, that orgasm thing you're looking for. And then something weird happened. I talked to um, a friend who won a bronze medal at the London Olympics. And she was like, cool. And I was like, okay, hold up. So this, like, this thing I'm making up my mind about what it's gonna look like and feel like is completely made up. And, and I realized I'm like, oh yeah, like that that uh, the miragey stuff. I started to see the mirage. Mm. And I wonder what I'm seeing fresh now in the moment is, I think I still have a lot of made up mirages that look real to me about what success will look like, or what a certain amount of money in your bank account will look like, or you know. And true to your point, I've had a lot of money in my bank account and been insecure. I've had no money in my bank account. I've been really happy. I've, I remember, actually, I don't even talk about that that much. I remember like, cause in university, I really didn't have a lot of money, but like home cooked meals by my aunt were like the best thing ever. And I wouldn't trade that for like a million dollars of just sitting at that kitchen counter and eating that meal and just talking to my aunt. In, in like on a cold winter day, like, like priceless. Or, yeah, 
Isn't it cool when you think about it? Like, like when you really think about the moments that really mean a lot to you, like they really have very little to do with how much you have or you don't have. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's and and I guess, you know, I suppose for me, as I have got older, mm. I just that need it, it kind of lessens because maybe you you tick these boxes and you you achieve these benchmarks and they weren't all they were cracked. It's, it's the major anticlimax. And yeah. then you can reflect back and see that the things that really brought you the, the greatest joy were the most simple sitting on a rock, looking out at the sea, you know, with a good friend. Like it's, it's just. Yeah. You know, we, we should just go ahead and burst that bubble, Tracy, that working with wisdom might not get you laid more or make you more <laughs> healthy or make you more money or or help you like like what or, or personal or like enlighten you. But holy shit, it'll help you feel better right now. Mm. It'll, it'll, it'll make you feel more alive right now. And if you're not here to feel more alive, I don't really know why the fuck you're here. Mm. The rest is made up yeah i kind of couldn't have said it better myself nikon yeah that's you should quote that somebody should write that down <laughs> it's okay it'll be in the podcast you can go back and you know we can transcribe right, it. like i'm seeing i'm seeing fresh like whole like what if we just took all that pressure off ourselves to like um get more and be more and do more but just what if being more alive would lead to a bunch of cool things anyways regardless Yeah. yeah, I was talking to this client again, and and he was complaining that you know I'm not following my passion or my purpose, but I have a great job to support me, and uh, and I'm like, can you see the wisdom in that? Like, even though you're not following your quote unquote purpose, life has provided you with a job so you can keep exploring. Mm. Like, what if you made the best out of that job, and then it might take you somewhere even more, even better than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. What if I, I'm remembering something Michael said to me once because me and my impatientness was like, Michael, how do I like, you know, how do I get to whatever, like amount of money tomorrow? And he said something really cool. He said like, you know, if, if you did it, you'd hate it. Like if you got there tomorrow, you'd, you'd hate it. And I was like, Scooby-Doo was like, er, like, what do you mean you'd hate it? Like, like who wouldn't want, like that level of money or business in your bank account. He's like, well, because you'd miss out on having a whole career. You'd miss out on the whole life experience of getting there. And I think I'm seeing that even more fresh in this conversation. And I think it's when you have a willingness to not make the experience a drudge you know and and that's what happens far too often is oh i have to do this for my business and i hate doing this and 
And it's like people have this vision of what it'll look like when they're really successful. And, oh, when, when this happens, then I'll be able to relax and just really enjoy my life. But I have to go through all of this drudgery to get there. That's kind of missing the point because... And I guess I would have been a little bit of that thinking as well. Whereas now I just, I do things because I enjoy the experience of them. Whether they lead to anything or not, that's kind of not really the point. But I have to enjoy the experience of what I'm doing because this is where I'm at right now. And there'll never be some big shiny thing that will happen that I'm going to really love if I hate all of the steps getting there. Cause I probably won't do them anyway. Cause I'm kind of like that. <laughs> I'm not going to do something if I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And also too, like, yeah. You know what I saw fresh about that? Like even now what's enjoyable is so personal to you you know what I mean hmm. and how like like I did Taekwondo I've done Taekwondo for 20 plus years I haven't enjoyed I've had my broken I've broken bones I've been terribly disappointed at 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 losing and, and flying all the way to Korea to compete and losing the first match like I don't think all of it was enjoyable but cumulatively it was a lot of fun I wonder if there's something in that, in that, like, what if, oh, maybe that might be a premise too. Like lead, leading with joy sounds really sexy and cool, but I see the premises in it. Is that how joy is something might not always be, be enjoyable, but cumulative, cumulative, I can't speak English, cumulatively in the bigger picture, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if I'm so self-conscious of, am I enjoying this? Am I enjoying this? Am I enjoying this? You know, mm. I could see how that might get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think business is a really good example of that, of like, sometimes business just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they never> do. <laughs> You're like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck everybody. I'm done. I'm going to an island. I quit, you know. I remember I remember I was having a really tough time in my business and my coach at the time, and I was complaining to my coach, like, I just want to get a job. Like, I'm done. Like, I want security. And he's like, go get a job. And I went quiet and I said, okay, I don't really want a job. I'm just having a bad day. She's like, okay, carry on. And, and here we are today. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Wisdom's tricky, eh? It's like it's like playing hide and seek with God. You know? <laughs> well, it kind of is, you know. It Wisdom is, but but it's God. always there, right? It's always yeah. there. It's always there. It's, I think Sid Bang said, you know, truth is always with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's lovely. I mean, it is it is that magic carpet ride. It is when you're willing to be open. And be that openness to allow fresh and new to kind of come in on a regular basis. And, you know, I, I, I had actually done a, a different podcast during the week on 
you know, curiosity and getting curious about curiosity and how we stop, you know, we, we stop being curious. You know, you get to that point in school where you're like, I'm not asking a question because the last thing you want to do is draw attention on yourself. And so we, we, we stop wanting to ask questions and we stop wanting to see things new. And it, it makes our thinking stale and old and we repeat these same patterns over again and nothing changes from that place. But when you're just open to fresh thinking at any moment, no, not forcing it, not expecting it to come, just going about your business day to day with this lightness about your mind, I think is the only way I could describe it. Just mm. kind of like sometimes I go around and I'm like, God, there's nothing rattling around in there today. Nothing. And it's it's such a lovely feeling because nothing is a really nice, still, calm place to be in. And it just leaves me open to yeah. anything. And to add on to that, you can have a lot on and still be very quiet in your mind. Like when I was in the middle of kicking people and Taekwondo and combat and like full combat, my mind was pretty quiet because it was so present to what was happening. And I imagine most athletes are like that who are, who are playing well, like their mind's just quiet. I think that would be really helpful to see that you, you can, you can be busy and still have a quiet mind. And that's where that's that perfect inner that we talked about in the beginning, that perfect intersection of, I'm in the world doing things, but my mind's quiet enough for me to really hear and listen to wisdom that, that comes up with no-brainer decisions and no-brainer, turn left here, okay. Go right here, okay. Go to this lunch, okay. Yeah. And, and I think for me, the biggest lesson was I think, I think when I first started work, working with wisdom, I, I had this thought of like, okay, this is a new tool I can use to bend shit to my will to like get to for Nikon to get to where he wants to be faster. And I was very wrong about that. Wisdom's like, like what? Like, you know, like wisdom is not, a, is not a tool for Nikon's to bend shit to his will. No, he can try, you know, he, he can certainly try, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like that soul path of putting one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it gets scary. Sometimes wisdom will take you to places where you're like, holy shit, I'm going to die or I'm going to go broke or like, and then you, you see that it's always been okay. It's just new territory. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. And on that lovely note, kind of a, there's also an element of getting used to like when, like when you, I think someone said it, I think Fiona, like when you're listening to an orchestra and you kind of tune your ears to pick out the piccolo, mm. it's getting used to listening to that piccolo, especially when things get noisy. Mm. Love it. Nikon, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's been a pleasure and I've really enjoyed our conversation. 
Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to to explore with you. I think this is one of the first podcasts I did where I've explored fresh in the moment. Like today was really just a genuine exploration of working with wisdom. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool.